This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, July 20th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. The Trump administration's plans for infrastructure involve a limited focus on privatization. Chris Edwards, director of tax policy studies at the Cato Institute, discusses the opportunities for privatization not yet explored from the Postal Service to passenger rail to airports. The idea of privatization often comes up because people uh, want the government to sell stuff to raise money to reduce the federal deficit. And that, that's one reason. But more, the more important reason is that the government doesn't use its assets very well. Uh, it, Congress micromanages things like the post office and the passenger rail system when the government owns it. So we want to privatize to improve efficiency, uh, to get congressional micromanagement uh, out of these uh, infrastructure assets uh, like Amtrak. And also, we want entrepreneurs to come in and uh, reform the postal system. Right now, the postal system, for example, is a legal monopoly. Entrepreneurs are not allowed uh, to try to do a better job delivering the mail. Uh, So we ought to privatize the postal system and open it up to competition. All right. So what can be privatized uh, that is under the federal government's purview? Uh, A lot of stuff, more than you would think. Uh, The Tennessee Valley Authority, a giant electric utility owned by the federal government that uh, covers uh, seven states. Uh, Land, the federal government owns a quarter uh, of the entire uh, 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 continent uh, size of the, the, uh, the United States. Buildings, the federal government owns 275,000 buildings, believe it or not. Uh, the Postal Service, as we mentioned, Amtrak, the passenger rail company, uh, dams in the West. There's no reason why hydroelectric dams ought to be owned by the federal government. Uh, in the East, uh, most dams are owned by private utilities. So uh, the list goes on. Uh, the federal government owns $300 billion of gold. Uh, there's no real reason for that, actually. We ought to sell some of that stock off. So what does the federal government do with respect to states that might otherwise be considering uh, privatizing any number of pieces of, of infrastructure and making that private infrastructure? So in the United States, most of the infrastructure that the government owns is owned by state and local governments. The entire highway system, including the interstates, all owned by state and local governments. Urban transit systems, bus and rail systems, all of America's airports are, are owned by state and local governments. The problem is, is that the federal government dishes out subsidies uh, only to government-owned assets. So if you're a private airport in the United States, you wouldn't get the federal subsidies. If you're a government-owned airport, you do get the federal subsidies. So the first thing we ought to do is cut off all the federal subsidies. That would give cities and states an incentive to privatize their uh, airports, to privatize their seaports, uh, to privatize their urban rail systems. So I, I spoke with uh, Jim Harper, former Catoite, about uh, the issue of privatization and airports specifically. How does uh, how would airport privatization alter sort of parameters of security? Would they be still subject to a whole bunch of federal rules regarding uh, security? So security is a whole uh, different thing. I think we should go the whole privatization route. So, for example, in Canada, if you fly into a Canadian airport, the airport itself is private. Uh, All Canadian airports are nonprofit corporations outside of the government. 
All the airport security in Canada is contracted out to private uh, expert private security companies, and the air traffic control system in Canada is private. So that that's the way I would like to go. But you can do each piece individually. Uh, I think we ought to privatize uh, our airports. There's about 350 commercial airports in the United States. Europe uh, has privatized half of its airports. You fly into a British airport, they're private these days, like Heathrow. Um, there's, you know, they're business enterprises, so we should we should privatize them and cut off the subsidies. There's no reason to subsidize airports either. So privatize the airports, uh, let the airports contract out for their own security uh, under federal oversight. That's reasonable, and privatize our air traffic control system, like the Brits and the Canadians have done. So a lot of uh, spending that gets done at the state and local level to support this public infrastructure is done in pursuit of subsidies, presumably. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, the the federal government has a program that subsidizes airports that are owned by state and local government. There's no reason for that. Let's save federal taxpayer money uh, and let airports uh, raise their own money. So an airport like Heathrow is unsubsidized. They raise their own money from passenger fees, from advertising, from retail concessions and that sort of stuff. These are business enterprises. And air traffic control, frankly, is a business enterprise as well. The Canadian and British systems are unsubsidized. They raise money. You fly through Canadian airspace. If you're, say, American or United Airlines, you pay the Canadian air traffic control system a fee. It's self-funded. You don't need subsidies. All right. So what are the opportunities, the low-hanging fruit that you see uh, in this administration that might actually get some traction in terms of privatization? Well, to Trump's uh, credit, he has come out strongly in favor of privatizing our air traffic control system. Our current system is an old-fashioned bureaucratic system. It's falling behind. The Canadians now have by far the best system in the world. Uh, There's more innovation uh, in the Canadian system. So that's the way to, to go there. Um, uh, Trump has, has, has proposed various reforms to help the states raise private money for their infrastructure, like highways and transit systems and bridges and that sort of stuff, and airports. Uh, Trump himself has complained about how backwards LaGuardia is and some other U.S. airports. He's right. Some of the best airports abroad, uh, they are the best because they are private and they're run as business enterprises, not as uh, government bureaucracies. Where else have we seen? You mentioned Great Britain. You mentioned Canada. Where have we seen uh, waves or individual examples of privatization that have just been uh, un- unquestionable successes? Well, since the 1980s, when Margaret Thatcher was in office in Britain, she started this global wave of privatization. Uh, we've had over 100 com- uh, countries around the world now privatizing over $3 trillion worth of assets. We're talking electric utilities, railroads, post offices, uh, all kinds of other uh, infrastructure and assets. Uh, It's swept all across Europe. Half of Europe's airports are now uh, private. Uh, Latin America's privatized a lot of stuff. Countries like Chile. Australia's privatized a huge amount of stuff. So is New Zealand. So in a lot of ways, the United States has fallen behind. Um, uh, I think other countries, they they do seem to uh, focus focus more on making their businesses and economies more competitive by getting this stuff into the private sector and allowing entrepreneurs a crack at running some of these uh, old-fashioned government businesses. Uh, People, uh, it's a stunning statistic, but it's my understanding that of the 13 Western states in the United States, the federal government owns two-thirds of it? That's right. The federal government overall owns 25% of all the land in the United States. Look, I'm not coming out in favor of, say, privatizing Yellowstone National Park. Uh, Americans wouldn't stand 
for privatizing the crown jewels. But the National Park Service, for example, owns over 400 parks. There's no reason for that. Um, a lot of the parks that most of the visitors are um, uh, from within the state. So let's at least give those parks back to state and local governments. And many monuments uh, like the uh, Mount Vernon, home of George Washington, is run by a private nonprofit corporation. That seems to be a good model for a lot of states and monuments. Chris Edwards directs tax policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.